Moncrief on News Talk. Uh, Jonathan de Burker Butler joins me. Happy New Year, Jonathan. John, same to you. You Very had a pleasant good. Christmas, I trust. I was great, yeah, absolutely. Good. Fantastic. Listen, uh, lots of stories, uh, as is always the way with the world, mm. but this is bizarre in that China and Taiwan, they have a long, complicated history. But now they're pressuring Taiwan rock stars about lip syncing. Tell us more. Yeah, so a little bit of context. Uh, there's elections coming up in Taiwan on the 13th of January. And yeah. as you alluded to, China and Taiwan don't necessarily get on particularly well with each other. Um, and China, around election times, likes uh, to exert a little bit of pressure where it can, right? Yes. So it would like to see the current Democratic Party under Tsai Ing-wen kicked out of power. Okay, so that's what they're looking for. Not that there is any opposition that is all of a sudden going to turn around and say, hey, let's get back together. All right. Yes. And so, in case you know yeah. very little about geopolitics, China are of the opinion that Taiwan is Chinese territory. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the Taiwanese aren't really OK with that. <laughs> no. All right. And, and, they have and a different opinion. On that. Very much so. And for good reason. Right. So there's been various different threats that have been made over the years. And as the election comes about, you know, you, you see increased military activity from the Chinese uh, around Taiwan as well. But there's also softer ways of getting at the, ta- yes. Taiwan, at the population in Taiwan. And in this particular instance, it involves a band by the name of Mayday. Now, have you ever heard of them? I haven't, unfortunately. No. Well, they have 1.6 million monthly listeners on Spotify, right? Wow. Some of their songs have over 64 million listens. So they're very, very popular in both China and Taiwan. And yeah. they went and they did a tour in China in May of this year, as you can imagine, good idea for them to do, given that their name is Mayday, right? <laughs> Around about that time, the Chinese authorities, through China's National Radio and Television Administration, allegedly asked the band to publicly declare its support for Beijing's position that self-rule Taiwan is Chinese, and they said no, right? Okay. As the tour went on, a little bit more pressure, let's call it harassment, uh, was fo- put upon the band, all right, and uh, uh, they still refused to uh, to say the words that China wanted them to say. And then a lip syncing investigation was launched against the band. Now you might say to yourself, "So what? It's only lip syncing. It happened on top of the pops all the time in the 1980s." But in China, under commercial reg- regulations, bands are prohibited from lip syncing before paying audiences because it's seen as being deceptive, right? Okay. And you can be fined up to the equivalent of about 12,500 euros. But worse than that, you can be banned from playing and your promoters can have their licenses revoked. So okay. it could have a profound effect on everyone around May Day and, uh, and the So uh, lip-syncing is illegal in Li- China? Technically speaking, technically. right? Yeah, but, was... but it's not often enforced. Yeah, and not and the, so the worst law No, I've not the worst heard, law. I think it would, be, it would be a great idea, yeah. in fact. But um, an awful lot of the band supporters, who, as I said, they're very popular in China, have said, "Okay, this is clearly politically motivated. Uh, And when the reports came out, I think last month or late last month, um, Chinese, of course, denied that it was politically motivated. And now they've got into an argument with Taiwan as well about it. So you can see that even pop music is politics uh, yeah. in, in this part of the world. And do we know if Mayday were actually lip-syncing? They've denied it. Right. Uh, and okay. their label have denied it. Yeah. And uh, the investigation is ongoing, so we'll have to see. So it's ongoing. And so the so what's the likely outcome of this election? <clears throat> the likely outcome of this election at the moment, we don't know. Uh, so it would appear that the Democratic Party are probably going to stay in power. Now, it's saying when, who's been in power twice already, she won't be, she's not up for election, 
but she, her vice president is okay. in in her in in her place. So it, it seems at the moment that they will probably get back into power. Although there are other issues other than the independence issue yeah. around Taiwan, and there's you know controversy around that as well. So it's going to be tight, but it seems likely that they'll get back in. Yeah, and sorry, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but I used to uh, in my misspent youth, let's say, I used to teach English mm. uh, for about three years, and a lot of the students were Chinese students mm. and lovely, hardworking Chinese students. And I remember them all, or most of them, all very fondly. But I do remember when it came to this issue that, and I don't want to be pejorative, but, but because you know, how can I base an entire billion population on you know maybe the three hundred I met over the years? But it seems to be part of their education that mm. tai, Taiwan is Chinese. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm correct in saying that. I mean, that is that is it as far as they're concerned. Yeah, I, I assume so. It's, I mean, it's it's where all propaganda begins. Yeah, it begins in the classroom. So yeah. I, I, I would imagine that it's it's absolutely on the curriculum, and it's certainly um, it's certainly a line that the Chinese, well, the communist government, uh, stick to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fascinating stuff. But as I say, though, the, and not to make light of it because it is a serious issue, but outlawing. Uh, Lip syncing, I, I I do greatly enjoy. I remember Billy Joel, who I'm a big fan of, was on Michael Aspel uh-huh. back in the '90s, and he started, and it was, and he looked, and he they were forced to lip syncing because they wouldn't do live acts, and he was playing the piano, and he started shaking his hands <laughs> up to show people. Anyway, something uh, very different and much more serious. We go to Mexico, and a, a very interesting, albeit tragic, uh, case of possible theft self-defense when it comes to gangs. Yeah, so this is a, a village in, in uh, me- the state of Mexico in Mexico, obviously called yeah. Texcapilla, okay? Small uh, small village and for a very long time it's been run by a gang called the Familia Michoacana, okay? okay. Um, Michoacan is a region there as well, so it's the Michoacan family, okay? And um, they have been uh, getting money protection money out of shops and small businesses in this area for a very long time. But in recent years, they focused on local farmers. So basically, they uh, if you're a local farmer, you know, a certain amount of land, they'll charge you for the, per square metre, right? Yeah. Now, this year, these particular farmers had a very bad harvest, right? So they okay. tried to negotiate the fee down. Apparently, that negotiation happened on the 7th of December, right? It was unsuccessful and the gang basically said, we'll meet you back here in a couple of days and if you don't give us the money that you owe us, there'll be trouble, right? right? In the meantime, the farmers got together and they decided to stand up to this particular gang. So when the gang came back, they were brought to a football pitch. They told them that they weren't going to pay the money. The gang apparently opened fire on them, okay? But these these farmers fought back with their own, uh, with, with their own shotguns and whatever they had to hand, right? In the end... Ten of the gang members died and four locals were killed and the gang fled, right? So they seemed to have been victorious. The authorities Mm -hmm. came along. They arrested some of the local villagers and they were brought in front of the prosecutor. And the prosecutor found in their favour, basically saying that we have uh, decided that this this gang open-fired on you first. You, therefore, were defending yourselves and you were well within your rights so there'd be no prosecutions. So it seems like a a magnificent seven moment in many respects. And it all seems to have ended beautifully if we leave the story there. But unfortunately, these gangs are ruthless and it Mm. appears that there are now 14 villagers missing uh, who have been kidnapped. And from the latest that I've seen is that this Familia Michoacan, this criminal gang, have basically said to them, look, We'll give you back the 14 villages that we've kidnapped if you give up the leaders of this particular rebellion. Um, uh, but at this moment in time, uh, it doesn't seem to be happening. 
And I mean, could this be a watershed moment in terms of, because I know Mexico has plenty of this, particularly in rural parts, that, you know, communities will get together and fight back or is that something no one wants to countenance? Well, there are communities that get to get together and fight back. In this particular instance, I think the National Guard have stepped in and they've ramped up their numbers there and they are reluctant to see the emergence of vigilante forces. Yeah, sure. Um, Now, on the other hand, they're saying they're going to do as much as they can to protect the people of this particular village. But unfortunately, you know, nearly every time I come in here and do a story about Mexico, it's something around this. I prefer not to. Sure. But it's it seems to be completely out of control. But when the court found in their favour and said they acted in self-defence, it seemed they were getting the blessing of the state. Yeah, true enough. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And Mexico, I mean, you know a lot more about it and you've just intimated there, is rife with this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Certain states in particular mm. uh, would be, but uh, it's, 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 uh, it's an ongoing problem. Yeah. Now, something very different. Uh, and I, sorry, I sometimes laugh at these things one shouldn't. But tell us about what's going on with flaming hot Doritos in Australia. Yeah. So this is a, a company that's owned by PepsiCo um, and Smith's Snack Food Company is, is specifically the company that does it for them. And this is in Adelaide, right? Um, mm-hmm. So apparently, um, according to a union that represents these workers, the United Workers Union, Um, have heard complaints from workers in this particular factory, right, Uh, who have said that the handling of strongly irritating substances, that is the flavouring that's put on these corn chips, is affecting the workers, right? It's having a detrimental effect. They went in, I think it was last week or the week before, and they interviewed 13 workers from the afternoon shift, and 11 of the workers reported various ill effects, including sneezing, coughing, eye and skin irritation, runny nose, sore throat, chest discomfort and difficulty breathing, which is obviously quite serious. Mm. The workers are basically saying that every couple of weeks when they have to open the production line for this particular variety, the flaming Hot variety of Doritos, that the machine that makes the flavouring, okay, kind of throws it out into the factory and it goes all around and into the air and that it's not being extracted properly and that's the reason that these people are suffering. So the union have gone to the watchdog which is called Safe Work and Safe Work is looking into claims. Now obviously in the meantime to avoid bad press Pepsi have come out and they've basically said look we're doing everything that we can to look after our workers, they're very important to us, their safety is paramount, and that there's mandatory mask wearing, people who are, who are involved in the product, for people who are involved in the production of this particular variety, and that they're going to install additional extraction fans, and they're hoping that this will resolve the problem. But I don't know, um, and I don't know, will it affect, you know, their sales uh, in Australia as well? Uh, will people start to question... You know, obviously, there's very small amounts of this powder that are put onto the corn chips. Mm. Um, so, so you'd wonder, will it affect their sales in Australia? And it's causing breathing difficulties. Mm. Right, OK. Now, you know, I'm almost afraid to mention it because I don't want to trouble any defamation lawyer or anything yes. like that. But even the mentioning of any kind of, you know, mistreatment of yeah. workers or a problem with the stuff they're ingesting it seems to me does an immediate problem yeah. to a product as soon as you're on as soon as you see it on the shelf. Yeah, and, and that's why I think Pepsi have come out very quickly yeah. and and and, uh, and made this particular statement. By God, they have, yeah. And you know, Jonathan, again, I'm going off a rabbit hole, but it seems to me that you know, unions and you might be well imposed or or, or well in view to see this. There are still lots of instances around the world where unions have great efficacy 
it seems to me, right? And I say this from a completely mm. neutral point of view, but <laughs> the idea of the, the death of u- union, that probably hasn't happened the way we were led to believe it might have at once. Oh, Jenny, I don't know if I'm, I, I'm no? well-versed enough. Am I overstating it though, well, maybe? Well, I don't know. Certainly in this case, they seem to have been effective and... Um, I don't know. If you want, if you wanted to ask my opinion, that might be a different slot altogether. <laughs> An on the effectiveness, matter, uh, yeah, yeah, the effectiveness, the effectiveness of, or otherwise. Of of I think they're a good thing. I'll yes, leave it at that. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Okay, now uh, an, an election in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. What's going on there? Yeah, very simple one. Um, so this, these were elections that happened on the 20th of December this year. All right? right, there were presidential elections. There was about 44 million people who were registered. Just the logistics are off the chart. Yeah. 75,000 polling stations across the country. That's four times the size of France, right? <sighs> and has various different wars going on in various different regions. So very, very difficult to organise. And uh, for good reason, uh, I suppose, the elections, uh, the voting actually took place over two days because there was delays and that kind of thing. Now, because of these delays... Obviously, the opposition, who were very badly defeated, uh, are complaining that um, you know that the that the, the vote was was robbed or mm. was rigged, right? And they're saying that the results need to be annulled, right? Just to give you context, when I looked at this first, um, the president who was running for a second uh, for a second stint, Felix Chikedi, yeah, he was winning by seventy three, uh, sorry, eighty percent, all right, of the vote, and. Mm. The final results showed him winning by 73% of the vote. And the next close is like 15%, okay. right? So the opposition have come out and they basically said, everything's wrong with this. There's been rioting on the streets. The government have banned these rioting because these riots because they're saying it's against the democratic protests. Yeah. And of course, that's led to clashes. Now, at this moment in time, they've been fairly tame. And the opposition have until the 10th of January to go to the Constitutional Court and basically say, look, this result is bogus. Um, but it seems unlikely that they're going to do that mm. because there's such a gulf and such a gap yeah. uh, between them. And they're also saying that the, you know, the judges are loaded in favour of the president anyway, so it's useless to do so. And this President Felix, is he, mm. what kind of fellow is he? Is he a benign leader or? A benign dictator, perhaps, yeah. uh, if, if there's such a term exists. Um, look, I, I hate to say that, uh, you know, and I hate to see the democratic process, I suppose, turning into something that it probably shouldn't be. But in this instance, I think probably a little bit of continuity is no bad thing, okay. given that if it was a close result and if there was something that was to blow up around this, it would be absolutely huge in an area that is really suffering quite badly mm. at the moment anyway you okay. know so just very very quickly just last week in Burundi which is right beside yeah. the Democratic Republic of the Congo a terrorist organisation that hadn't been operating for two years I forget the name of it now but hadn't been operating for two years killed 12 people in a village okay. okay they went into Burundi from the Democratic Republic of the Congo opened fire killed 12 people and went back into the DRC and that happens every other week in this part okay. of the world so it might be a case of better the devil you know unfortunately at the moment okay and then finally and this is this is fascinating uh, in France we go to Serge Gainsbourg is due to have a metro stop named after him but there is I'm reading down through it I was only aware of some of this but there is very good cause for maybe that shouldn't be the case yeah well, well 4,000 over 4,000 people have signed a position yeah. a petition sorry saying that the new line 11 metro station at, at Lelila okay, should not be named after Serge Gainsbourg 
um, because he is an undesirable figure. Would that be a diplomatic way of saying it? I suppose. And tell people why he might be viewed as an undesirable. Yeah, figure. He, he's he's a bit of a misogynist pig. Um, is that is that is that okay to say? I, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you've so, just so, so, you've so just he, said it. So yeah, he's he's been you know he's been questioned over the years about how he treated the women in his lives, and he even went and shot a video with his very famous daughter, Charlotte, who's yeah. a wonderful actress yeah. and went on to be a wonderful actress when she was very young, when she was 12 or 13, that was questionable, to say the least. And, and lots of people uh, didn't really like uh, how how that was done. She, he was on a talk show with Whitney Houston in 1986 as well. I just re-watched mm. that because I had it in the back of my head. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah, and and it, the, the idea even then... That someone didn't stand. Well, they they attempted to stop, yeah. it, but the idea that the the plug wasn't pulled from the show, yeah, was horrific. Really. Yeah, he he basically said that he 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 wanted to sleep with yeah. her, but not in those in, in very those, crude terms. In very crude and terms. And in fairness to Whitney Houston, God bless her. Yeah. she she took it in her stride. You know? Yeah, yeah, she probably had to brush it off. Um, yeah. But anyway, they're saying that they want to name this metro station after him because he had a 1958 here called Le Poinçonneur de Lila, which is the ticket puncher. Of Lila, it's about a metro worker. Okay. So a former Lord Mayor said, "Okay," or local Mayor said, "Okay, this would be great." You know, it's uh, relevant to the area, and you know, Surge is fabulous as well. <laughs> but not everybody agrees. It appears, and um, as it stands, it's still going to happen. Um, okay. But uh, we'll have to see. I have a funny feeling it might be uh, might be uh, waved away, and uh, a new name will be will yeah, have I come think up so. With a new name. It seems France might be having a, a reckoning with some of its old. Do you think? Uh, yeah. 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 Something like that. There's there's a actor in the news at the moment. Oh, indeed. For various indeed. things. Yeah, like yeah, that. that's yeah. true. So Serge Gainsbourg Metro Stop, I imagine, probably <laughs> won't happen, but we will wait and see. That has been Jonathan de Burker Butler, who's been bringing us fascinating news stories from around the world. Jonathan, I should have said Happy New Year. You did. You did at the did start. I? So oh, let's do it again. Happy New Happy Year again. Year to Thanks, John. And we warmly embrace you that Happy <laughs> New Year. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.